In studio with me right now, she's been on the phone with us before, but now she's here in Raleigh with me, Michelle Woodhouse, former congressional candidate, uh, political analyst, good friend of WPTF. Thanks for being here. Great to be here. Something uh, went down, a couple things went down at the North Carolina GOP convention. We were talking about uh, just the buildup for the entire event, and then all of a sudden I'm gone for two days right when this thing happens. I get back and there's a lot to talk about. Uh, one of the main things that happened that's very newsworthy was the whole situation around Senator Tom Tillis. Absolutely. And the um, once a year, uh, Republicans and Democrats, we each get together for a state convention. And this year we were in Greensboro and it was um, spirited, probably would be a great word to describe it. Uh, great grassroots movement. It was the first time that President Trump Vice President Pence and Governor DeSantis had all been at the same place since each had announced their presidential bids and each spoke. And uh, that was um, lots of energy. The indictment had just hit on Trump. And so you had all kinds of things happening. Um, But one of the big things that I think happened really on the floor with the voting grassroots Republicans was the censure of Senator Tom Tillis. And he's only the third Republican in a hundred years to be censured by the Republican Party. Richard Burr was censured a few years ago while he was still in the Senate for an impeachment vote on Trump. But this censure, and really for the listeners, what a censure means is it gives, uh, it does a couple things. One, it lets that elected official know that the grassroots of the party, the hardworking people that knock doors, stuff bags, work the polls, those folks. Uh, are not happy with the way you're voting, not happy with the decisions that you're making. You've abandoned the conservative platform of the Republican Party. And it's an opportunity just to let that elected official know that, um, you know, we're going to put some limitations on you based on what you're doing. They they don't get removed from office or anything of that nature, but it does let them know the grassroots of this party are not happy with your votes and the decisions that you're making because they're contrary to why we sent you there. And uh, 800 delegates on the floor voted to censure Senator Tom Tillis Mm. for a litany of reasons. One was uh, his support of the gay marriage bill, uh, also support of some red flag legislation around the Second Amendment, voting for infrastructure with the Democrats, uh, voting to um, approve every one of Joe Biden's judicial nominees. And and Republicans, conservatives there said, we want. Tom Tillis to know we sent you there to vote like a conservative and if you're not going to do it we're going to let you know we're unhappy about it hmm. and uh, it definitely have implications for him knowing that his own party is upset I'm mean, surely he would take note of that well one you know one would hope so um Senator Tillis was notice noticeably absent from the convention we had a lot of other uh, incredible statewide electeds there incredible members of Congress Congressman Dan Bishop um Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, gubernatorial candidates Mark Walker and Dale Falwell, um, other members of Congress, including Virginia Fox, kind of the whole litany, were there. Uh, Senator Ted Budd sent a an incredibly powerful video message, but Senator Tillis was noticeably absent. What kind of implications does this have for when election cycle comes around for him again? Is it hard to win again once you've been censored by your own party? Well, that's... We'll have to wait and see, because as I said, it's only happened three times in 100 years, and neither of the other two that were censured ever ran for another office. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, it's, you know, it's an interesting situation because there's no precedent in the space. Um, but I think delegates on the floor, Republicans across the state, would like to hear from Senator Tillis why he's done some of the votes that he has put forth since he's been in the Senate that seemed to be contrary to the conservative platform upon which he ran.
I've heard that during the event, uh, there was obviously votes taken, which is very common, but there were some issues with the voting system. Absolutely. We um, elect new leadership every two years in, a, in our party. The Democrats follow really the same thing, and it's very uh, kind of inside baseball stuff that happens. But one of the things that I think we learned during a really contentious election for our new chairman was that electronic voting is a disaster. Mm. And we have spent, as a party, uh, the greater part of the last two-plus years talking about the importance of legitimate, transparent elections. People in North Carolina want to know whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, an unaffiliated, a libertarian. You want to know when you walk in to vote in November or you walk in to vote in a primary that your vote is counted, that the elections are fair and transparent, that you can trust the outcomes. And the Republican Party in particular, we've been talking a lot about election fraud since the 2020 Trump election and things that we saw happening across the country. And we are the party of election integrity. And there were a lot of questions raised during our own convention about our abilities to conduct elections. So we've got to go back to the drawing board, I think, as a party. Look at what happened over the weekend and make sure that nothing like that ever happens again, because everyone wants to have confidence in the outcome of an election. If you don't trust the outcome of an election, it makes people step out of the process. And that's the last thing we ever want to see happen. Obviously, someone who's at the center of a lot of talks about uh, election uh, integrity, Donald Trump, he made an appearance uh, at the event along with DeSantis and Mike Pence, which is very interesting to have all three there. They didn't speak at the same time, which would have been very interesting, but they spoke at different times. What's the feeling between delegates in North Carolina about Donald Trump, especially with indictments against him? I think the diehard Donald Trumpers are never going to waver in their support of the president. It really doesn't matter um, what happens with President Trump. They're going to stay locked in in their support of him. I think the DOJ was waiting for him when he came down that golden escalator and announced his, his nomination running in 2016. He probably gives them a lot of ammunition, and it would be better if he could kind of stay the course. But I'll tell you, the vibe was very strong for Governor Ron DeSantis, and I had an opportunity to meet with him. Uh, the support that he had from the delegation on the floor was strong, but probably quiet, and where you know many of the Trump supporters are a little louder and, and vocalize their support. But I think we're really entering into a very interesting race, and we talked about it in your earlier segment some of the polling data that we see, but going into the 2016 presidential election, at this point in time in that election, Jeb Bush was leading in polling. And I don't know too many Republicans who aren't celebrating that that's not how it ended. So uh, polls are not something we can necessarily trust. It's awfully early to see what happens. What I do hope happens in the Republican presidential primaries, and every, we had someone else jump in today, what I hope will happen is that the candidates will stay focused on the issues that help Americans. That's the winning message. We have to get unaffiliated women to vote for the Republican nominee, and we are not going to do it by personal attacks and legal battles. We need to do it by saying, here's our solutions for bringing this country back. Here's our solutions for bringing the economy back, security, securing our borders, stopping fentanyl. We've got to have solutions in order to win voters. And that's the only way that we'll win in 24. You mentioned that there was there seemed to be a lot of support of, of the between the delegates for DeSantis, a surprisingly large amount. Just how important is that? What role do these delegates play now? Well, these are the grassroots workers. These are the people that are knocking doors, making phone calls, hosting and attending fundraisers. This is really the 
kind of the meat and potatoes of the Republican Party. These are the people that are going to be the workers and, and the ones that are engaged. So I think it's critically important. Um, you had delegates from Murphy to Manio, all 100 counties there. So you can get a real flavor of what's happening. Um, sometimes you know, things are different outside of Wake County. And when we look at the political landscape, things are different outside of Mecklenburg County when we look at the political landscape. So I think it's it's really important. And you cannot win the White House without winning North Carolina. So they're all going to be here a lot. And I think listeners need to be prepared for a really contentious primary that goes straight through North Carolina.